following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Welcome into Main Street Preps this week. I'm Russell Venosi, joined as always by Tyler Palmentier. And high school football season has all come down to this week. We've got the Blue Cross Bowl state championship games happening in Chattanooga Thursday through Saturday. And 10 Middle Tennessee teams will be represented down there. Uh, should be a really fun weekend, Tyler. And I know we're both looking forward to being there and, and covering those games in person. Yeah, obviously a, a lot a lot of fun for us considering all the teams that won in the semifinals. Uh, so... Couldn't have, couldn't have asked for much more from a local representation there. Absolutely. And, and one of those teams is Paige. We're going to talk to their coach, Charles Rathbone, in just a minute. First, though, I want to let everybody know that this podcast is sponsored by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. We are also going to preview all of the Blue Cross Bowl games and give our picks here in just a few moments. But first, it's time to bring in Paige football coach, Charles Rathbone. Charles, thanks for taking some time for us today. Thank you all for having me. So you guys are preparing for your second straight trip now to the Class 5A Blue Cross Bowl. So far in the in the first couple of days here and, and at, you know, after the semifinal win against Henry County, how does how does this time around compare to this time last year? Well, it seems uh, a lot more relaxed, I guess would be the word. I mean, a lot more business-like. Maybe that's a better word. You know, just, uh, you know, different expectations going down there. Last year we were kind of – happy to be there and didn't know what to expect and you know we uh we kind of felt our way through the whole first half and, and all that stuff this year we're kind of you know preparing a little bit different in that we're you know trying to keep the uh keep the uh excitement down and just prepare like any other game and and hopefully that helps us on friday Hey Charles, this is Tyler. I, I sometimes I have to remind myself that you guys didn't win that game because it was so close at the end. I, I sort of felt like there, with the way the momentum was going against Powell, that that was ended up maybe in the last minute. It felt like a coin toss almost. But uh, when obviously you had Jake McNamara leading the team at quarterback, uh, now at UTEP, now you've got Colin Hurd, a, a linebacker that has, has transitioned successful wildly successfully at quarterback he's approaching 3,000 yards passing I know you were high on him before but did did you and does that kind of production for him exceed did it exceed your expectations did you think he could do something like that you know I thought he could but I thought he had more balanced um as far as rushing to passing you know he's a he's definitely a runner he likes to run the ball he's a physical kid that likes to run the ball and we thought we would be able to run him quite a bit more but injuries kind of forced us to keep him in the pocket and just throw the ball. So we knew he had the arm strength. He got the best arm I've ever seen in my life. I mean, he's got, a, he's got an unbelievably strong arm. So we knew he had the arm strength. So it was just a matter, matter of him learning the system and simplifying some plays and and uh, getting back to a true uh, what he does the best, you know. And, and what he does the best is not necessarily what Jake does the best. So we had to fill our way through that and, and uh, get the offense more centered around Colin. So, but we knew he had the athleticism and the arm strength and the arm potential to do that. It's just uh, I was thinking he had more rushing yards. 
Well, it seems like passing the ball has has been working out really well for you guys, and it certainly helps that you know, along with the way Colin's been playing, you guys have a really talented group of pass catchers. Uh, just to name a few here: Max Collins, Boy Smith, Ethan Listman, uh, Henry Kaysen, Isaac Power. They've all had their moments, you know, throughout the playoffs and throughout the season. How have those guys maybe yeah, kind they, of been able to ease the burden there on Colin as he was taking over at quarterback and trying to make things happen? Well, Max is a security blanket, so anytime he's in trouble, he's going to look for Max. Max has unbelievable ball skills. He's a basketball player playing football. You know, he can just go get balls. But the others, you know, we've had a few problems with drops, but for the most part, that hasn't been an issue throughout the season. You know, they just uh, – they're where they're supposed to be, you know, and – once he, he he's got to learn, the quarterback's got to be able to trust his receivers to be in the spot that they're supposed to be in because he can't, you know, you got to throw people open. You're not going to throw into wide open windows all the time. And I think uh, the extra work that they put in after practice and, and things like that has really brought those five in particular around to, to earning Collins' trust. And, and once you get that, you know, sky's the limit on what you could do if you get the trust of the quarterback. And, and they've done a good job of doing that. Charles, off the top of my head, I can't think of a whole lot of area teams that have, one, found themselves in as many close games as you guys have, and two, just found a, had a, discovered a knack for winning those games. Of course, first one that comes to mind, that wild game against Henry County last year. Does playing so many close games kind of have a cumulative effect in that winning one nail-biter kind of helps you win more? Uh, you know, I think it does. I mean, it's good to be in these close games. I mean, I'd rather be in blowouts, but – you know, but in, in these close games, you kind of have to learn a way to win, and sometimes you have to learn learn to win differently. You know, you're not always going to win either running the ball down somebody's throat or throwing the ball over the field or or that whatever. We've been we've been lucky enough to win in multiple different ways and with defensive stops and throwing the ball, running the ball. We've done a little bit of everything. So I think uh, winning these close games is it, it makes you grow up a little bit, it makes you appreciate it a little bit more. And, and uh, it brings a certain maturity to the team that, you know, they expect to win when they get, when they keep it close to the fourth. Let's talk about your line play and how important those guys have been as well. I know the offensive line, of course, is led by six foot five, 270 pound Ronan uh, O'Connell. He's been, he's been awesome. Uh, how big of an advantage do you feel like you guys have up front kind of on, on both sides of the ball, really? Well, I mean, and that's how you watch them on film and it's hard to tell. You know, I think they're pretty good defensively up front. I know they got some linebackers that that can really, really run. And then you watch their offensive line, and you think, well, maybe we can have some advantage there. But then they're rushing for 400 yards a game, 500 yards a game, and, and they got a running back that can really go. So it's hard to tell until you get into the game. Uh, you know, I can say that our line has played well. Both sides of the ball played well all year long. You know, I mean, we got uh, we're really young in a lot of positions. Offensive line's one of them. You know, there's four new starters there this year, so they played really well. We got a freshman playing on the line. We got a freshman playing in the secondary. So, I mean, uh, they played well, really well, and I think we can match up with just about anybody uh, up front. So, I don't think we're going to be overwhelmed by Knoxville West line, but whether or not we can overwhelm their line, it, it, you know, kind of remains to be seen. I, we did play very well against Henry County. Henry County has a really good line, you know, that big Arkansas commit. And uh, we played pretty well against them and, and helped them in check run the ball. So hopefully we can do that again this week. Ronan O'Connell, that is an amazing offensive line or defensive lineman name. I love I love his name. Uh, hey, Charles, the only the only negative or I don't, shouldn't say that or maybe an ordinary thing that coaches talked about about the Chattanooga setup was the dressing space that's away from the field. And then you sort of bust in on a short ride. Is that that hard of an adjustment or did you guys handle that well last year? 
Well, since we're the last game, we got to go right up to the stadium and and dress right after the three o'clock game goes to halftime. So right after the halftime, they let us into the dressing room. So it wasn't that big of an issue for us. Uh, the only issue we had was we had to wait on the bus for about forty minutes to get into the dressing room. But uh, I mean, listen, when you're when you're juggling eighteen games and all these different schools and thousands of fans and hundreds and hundreds of players, there's going to be something somewhere that's not just perfect. So I mean, that's uh, our job as head coaches to deal with that and help our players deal with that and keep our keep cool heads on us and and kind of kind of go with the flow. I mean, it's it's not going to be perfect. I mean, if you're looking for perfect, then then good luck, you know. So I thought it was great. Now, I, w- I wouldn't change anything about it. I wish it was here in Murfreesboro, so it's on Central Time, but you know it's not. So I mean, TWSWA, you know, they uh, they did a great job with it. You know, I've been in a national championship game, and there wasn't a whole lot of difference between national championship game led by the NCAA than the TWSWA game, you know, last year. So they they, they it was top notch in my opinion. You know, speaking of perfect, Knoxville West is trying to cap off a perfect season here. They're, they're 14 and 0 with wins over Alcoa, Maryville, and of course the Class 5A defending state championship uh, state champion there in Powell. Um, are you guys excited about that challenge of, of trying to knock off an undefeated team? And and you kind of talked about the matchup earlier, but you feel like you guys can can have a chance here. You know, I would have been just as happy with a one and 14 team, but I mean. You know, I guess it's not possible. When you get to this stage of the game, everybody's good. And we know Knox West is really good. And I know they're they're wanting to finish off the perfect season. But you know, I think uh I think both teams are really good. I think both teams have really good chances, to be honest with you. It's really a matter of which fifteen, sixteen, seventeen year old kid takes care of the ball and makes the play. And uh hopefully hopefully it's ours. It may be, may not, may be theirs, may not be theirs. So, you know, I, I definitely feel like we got an opportunity and a chance to to uh, win the game. Last thing, Charles, and then we'll get you out of here. You, you've been around high school football. Uh, you understand it. When when a program uh, like yours has has seasons like this where it seems that they're building a championship foundation, does that have any effect from boosters in terms of more money coming in in the past? Just maybe more interest leads to maybe a few more boosters and there's a little bit more help on the financial side? You know, I think it's like a uh... – it's almost like taking a big vacation, you know, you uh, go out to Vegas and you're excited to be there and you're going to drop a little bit more money in the slots. You know, I kind of think that's uh, very similar. You know, parents are excited. They're, they're anxious, they're hungry. And, and, and the people around here want to be associated with Paige right now. And they're more likely to give a little bit more money or to sponsor or buy a banner or whatever we're selling. So I think it does help a lot. You know, you know, I think that just comes with the wins and losses and the name recognition. It won't be attached to something that's successful. Um, I think it's, you know, in a way it's kind of sad, but it's true. Uh, it's just the way our society works. Well, it certainly sounds like it's a, a great time to be a Page Patriot there, Charles. We uh, appreciate your time today and, and good luck uh, this weekend at the Blue Cross Bowl. All right, that has been Page Coach. Charles Rath, I don't think we lost him there at the end, but we appreciate his time and joining us today and giving us a little insight there. And, uh, yes, Tyler, it sounds like people open up their pocketbooks when, uh, when success happens. That's just kind of, that's just kind of how things go. Yeah. Maybe no big surprise, but it's something that I think, uh, I don't, obviously when teams are just rolling, you can see the money, uh, is, is it reciprocates there, but, it's not something we think about often, how big facilities get built. And sometimes it's one donor. Sometimes it's 
a guy from town that loves football and his kids coming up through the program and they dump an anonymous donation, but it's kind of, it's interesting to think that you keep winning more people keep opening their pocketbook. And obviously Charles had a, he had a great comparison uh, for, for that with Vegas. I, I'm, I'm a, not a gambler, man. It scares me too much. I'm not any good at it. So I wouldn't know that, but that's a great analogy. All right. With that, we're going to take a quick break and then come back with previews and picks for the division two blue cross bowl games. Well, we we're supposed to be taking a break. Uh, let's roll. Let's do it. So I'll just say it again. You know, this podcast is sponsored by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. That is basically what the commercial is about. So we'll, I can pretty we'll much on. walk you through it. A bunch of people go through terrible things, and it's you shouldn't drive drunk. That's, that's what you need to know. Hopefully Todd Downing hears that message at some point, the Titans offense coordinator. But anyways, um, yeah, that was an un- unnecessary pot shot here, but. We missed the commercial, so we had to we had to do something in its place. So that's what we get. Um, anyways, Division Two Blue Cross Bowl time, Tyler. We're gonna start it off. We're gonna do it in order. The games are out of order. I was talking about this with somebody else earlier today. The games are out of order. It's kind of for my organization brain, it's kind of throwing me off. But the single A game is the afternoon game. But for our purposes, we're gonna talk about it first. What do you what are you thinking about this Friendship Christian National Christian matchup? Yeah, I didn't like picking this one because I was I've been really impressed with what Friendship Christian's done this year. But I just like Nashville Christian. I, I, I like uh, I like them at thirty five thirty three. I think it's going to be a, a fun shootout with the two offenses. You look at, you know, Brock Montgomery and Garrett Weekly on on the Friendship Christian side. Brock Montgomery is a highlight reel. Uh, I think the experience from last year is going to help carry Nashville Christian over, and then freshman quarterback Jared Curtis, who I think is going to ascend to the top quarterback in his class eventually in the state. He nobody's been able to really stop his production since he took over the starting job. So I, I, I like Nashville Christian. Yeah, what a story this would be if the Eagles actually get a, a state championship with a freshman quarterback leading the charge. I know, he, like you said, he's 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 basically not even a freshman at this point. It's hard to even describe him as that with the production that he's had. But um, especially after falling flat last last year against DCA, that would be uh, quite a quite a great accomplishment for them. And I think we also need to give a shout out to those. Uh, Nashville Christian receivers as well. Um, uh, James Warmbrod, Jaden Satterfield, and Donovan Smith. They've really been they've really been doing a nice job in helping Jared Curtis out, getting open, and uh, giving him some some routes there uh, to work with. But yeah, because of all that, I've got Nashville Christian taking this one, thirty-one to twenty-four. Now moving on to the Double A game, CPA Lipscomb Academy. Um, we've seen this matchup a number of times over the last few years, and we're going to get it at least one more time. Probably not going to be a non-region game uh, in the future now that these teams are going to be in different divisions. But what, what do you think of this one, Tyler? Yeah, I was just thinking about – I was thinking about getting wild and picking CPA, but I settled on kind of a middle ground. I've got Lipscomb Academy 28, CPA 27. My prediction is it becomes the nail-biter of the week, really for no particular reason. I just think that has a tendency to happen. You know, winning over and over against your rival is not easy. Uh, I know Lipscomb's been really good and is capable of winning this game by three or four touchdowns. But uh, I think CPA is riding a streak of confidence at this point. Uh, really nothing to lose since everybody thinks Lipscomb's going to win. So I think it puts them in position to win, but I'm going to pick Lipscomb Academy 28-27. Hey, I totally hear you on all that. And I got to see this first matchup where CPA had a halftime lead, uh, made it a good game for about three quarters. I would not be shocked if that happened again, but 
you know, with my picks, I generally stick to playing the averages, and that's served me well this year. So I'm going to go Lipscomb Academy 42-17. I think they're just too strong uh, to not pull away at some point in this game, and I think they're going to get their second straight state title. So, Ingle Martin, if you're out there, uh, you can address the Christmas card to Tyler this year instead of me. So, no, well, you know, no. he said something on the availability last week that nobody's been picking him. So, it's a few people that pick these games were one of them. So, he probably yeah. knows that I, I don't know that I've picked CPA in weeks. Certainly nothing against CPA. It's a tough schedule for them. And I've had a shoot, I haven't seen CPA since August or uh, what we call it, September, whatever that, whatever the first couple of weeks were. So uh, probably not the best person to really uh, analyze what they've done lately, but they sure proved me wrong in the semifinals. So I got to give them a hat tip. They're certainly playing well, and you know who knows what will happen. So how about NBA Baylor? This is another rematch from the regular season, and uh, I believe you got to see that game, right? Yeah, uh, I'm going to pick NBA 31-28 because I think I said, I've been saying for a while, I'm just not going to pick against them the rest of the year. I like everything they have. They're as good a state championship pick as any. I don't know if this is a great matchup for NBA, but really it's no fault of uh, its own. I just think Baylor's duo of of Whit Muschamp and Amari Jefferson are just a handful for everybody. They've given everybody problems. Uh, I don't know that there's any one secondary that can – keep Jefferson from just uh, finding a a seam and and completely pulling away in that second level. But I just think the experience NBA's roster went out and the overall kind of quarterback leadership from uh, the old miscommitment, Marcel Reed is, is going to be the ultimate difference in a three point game. Yeah. From what I've seen from that game that you covered and a couple other that Baylor's played, it seems like the wit must champ Amari Jefferson connections. That's gotta be just a total nightmare to game plan for, um, Fortunately, none of us have to do that. That's going to be um, uh, Coach Chavin. We had him first week, right? That's going to be his his job. So tough, tough task there. Uh, and that defense them, has a ton of interceptions, so it's it's not a bad secondary. That's just how good yeah. those two are. Yeah, certainly. So all that said, though, I'm I'm taking NBA as well, twenty eight to twenty four. Uh, I feel like Marcel Reed and the Big Red are going to get one here. This is going to be his third Blue Cross Bowl championship appearance. Um, I don't think any other quarterback playing this weekend has that kind of experience uh, offhand, I don't believe. So that's a, that's a special thing to have started one as a freshman, as a junior, and, and now have a chance to finally get one as a senior. I think they will, they'll they'll get this done. And it seems like confidence helps really any team, but but especially NBA. Like once they beat McCauley in that first game uh, this year, it, you know, really felt like they were going to find a way again in the playoffs, and they did just barely, but they did. And, uh, you know, already having beaten Baylor once this season, I think that's just that extra little confidence boost they need. So I'm going to go with the big red and we'll see what happens. Yeah. And I liked uh, NBA coach Marty Uverard's statement last week uh, when I asked him, you know, what's the, when you're trying to get over this hump, how do you approach it? Is it just, is there just the hunger burning deep? And he was pretty quick to say there's no pressure. So if that's the message that's getting passed around, that's a really good one because you can get tight really quick in these games when you start sensing something important slipping away. So I think that's an important mindset to come into <clears throat> in one of these games, especially as an unbeaten team who they beat Baylor before. And I guess people probably just assume it's going to happen again for just for that reason. So definitely don't want to feel pressured to go in and, and bring home a, a state championship. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's enough pressure in that league already with how tough it is. No need to create any more for yourself. But that should, I think, that has a chance to be maybe the best game of the, of the first day. But um, we'll certainly find out soon enough. We're going to attempt to take another break now here, um, and then come back with picks for the Division One Blue Cross Bowls. 
It was just a few drinks. I'm good. I thought it was good. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was no big deal. Hey, I can hold my liquor. I thought I could hold my liquor. All right, we are back with more Blue Cross Bowl picks, and we are going to do the Division One games now in order, just like we did those other games. Just nice, nice and easy down the line here, Tyler. Class 1A, uh, you got to sit in on the uh, press availability for that game, so I think you might have a little more insight here. These are not teams that we typically cover, but uh, what did you learn there? Yeah, I don't have a ton of insight exactly. I'm just kind of going on a feeling. I've got Clay County 35, McKenzie 28. I just think like last year's Tullahoma team, we're going to get a, a squad that gets in here as such as Clay County that's going to win a, a state title in his first appearance. Uh, also, this is completely off the wall, nothing to do with this game, but Clay County's Levi Garrett, a left guard and middle linebacker, uh, confirmed in his Monday press ability that he is, in fact, named after the chewing tobacco. I did not ask that question, but I was kind of glad it was. I didn't really know what to do with that <laughs> nugget, so I think I found a good little space for it here. The versatility you have to have to play on the offensive line and also be the quarterback of the defense is just unreal. So good for him. Uh, I hate to do this, but I'm I'm going to go with McKenzie. Uh, hard to pick against a guy like that, but um, you know McKenzie was in this game last year, and I think uh, kind of like Nashville Christian, uh, you know, losing that game, really NBA too. When you lose that game in fairly close fashion, well, I shouldn't say close fashion, but when you lose that game at all, and then you come back the next year, um, you just you, you don't want to go home empty handed twice. So I think McKenzie's going to take this one. I don't have a certain, any degree of confidence about it, but I'm going McKenzie 28 clay County 21. We are actually, looks like we're skipping the two a game here. That's Tyner Academy at Riverside for anybody interested. That is out of our area. So we're not going to pretend to know what's going to happen there. We, we do pick that game. However, in our main street preps staff wide pick them. So if you want to see our thoughts on that game, we will have it there, but for the sake of discussion here, let's move on to 3A. I'm going to pick Tyner. Is, I'll just say that. There you go. They've had hey, they've had a great run. Uh, in 3A, we've got East Nashville and Alcoa. How about that one? Yeah, I think East Nashville is going to make this closer than last year. I've got I've still got Alcoa 38-31, but I think East will give itself a chance here. Um, I know that that's an Alcoa program loaded with depth and has won, uh, what is it, seven titles in a row at this point. Um, I think that depth and certainly the special teams and field position is going to make a difference because East kind of lacks a true punter. I know that seemed strange to lean on as the X factor, but I'm kind of a, a punter enthusiast. I think they have a much bigger impact on the game than they get credit for. Uh, but I think with East, East came in and really didn't play. They don't, they're not going to play tight. They didn't play tight last year, even when they got down big. Uh, they didn't blink. They came back and uh, made it respectable. So I, I think that the teams that don't have anything to play to lose are kind of dangerous, and maybe Alcoa in its transition year is trying really hard to to keep the tradition going and maybe feels a little pressure. I don't know. That's one narrative. But uh, I think Zach Beard, Frank Gordon, Traycon Waters, and those guys make this closer than it was in 2021. Yeah, that group of skilled players you just rattled off there, man. They've had some great years. Uh, to get East Nashville to this point, um, just incredible job by them and Coach Jamal Stewart. 
I do have to give a hat tip as well to Alcoa, you know, losing your legendary coach and you're still right back where you've been every single year. So absolutely. That cons- yeah. That consistency from Alcoa, I think is something, something to behold. And I feel like with this matchup, they're well positioned to, to get that eighth straight title. So I'm going Alcoa 42 East Nashville, 21. Moving on to Pearl Cone versus Anderson County. Uh, I got to see, so I was stationed at home last week. I got to see a bunch of games. And the one I kept coming back to was Pearl Cone, Anderson County. It was, or no, sorry, Pearl Cone, Haywood. Just an incredible semifinal. Uh, every time I tried to look away to another game, I just kept coming back to it because something crazy was happening. Somebody was running down the field, scoring a touchdown, and then there was a penalty here, and then there was a um, a defensive stop here. I mean, it was just, it was just probably might've been the best game I watched all year and I didn't even see it in person, but Pearl Cone gets back to the state finals for the first time since 2019. Um, and I view this matchup they've got here with Anderson County as a toss up that is probably going to be high scoring just based on Pearl's results this year. Um, the Firebirds really have something going on offense with their quarterback, Keyshawn Tarleton throwing to Darius Reed, who's now healthy. Uh, Javion Kennard as well, running the ball and catching the ball. He can do both. And he's just, total speedster that really him and Reed both are just very hard to, to catch up to, to try to tackle. So um, I think those guys have a chance to, for some explosive plays and I'm going Pearl Cone 36, Anderson County 35. Yeah, I've got Pearl, uh, Pearl Cone 28, 21. And the guys you just mentioned are also in the secondary. And I, I think they have a chance to maybe be the first, that whole unit in the secondary has maybe a first to give Anderson County quarterback uh, Walker Martinez a challenge. He's, he's thrown for, uh, 30, uh, 3,684 yards and 50 touchdowns this year. He's been, he's been awesome. But I also kind of feel like with teams that, that have come up short, they tend to get the odds on their, in their favor. Pearl Cones come up short in 2019 and 2015 in the state finals. At some point you're due, you know, in baseball you're due. If you're in a hitting slump in, in basketball, if you, hadn't, if you haven't hit your last 23s, well, I would say you're, the odds are you're, you're bound to hit one soon. So I think Pearl's going to get it done. All right. Well, Metro Nashville fans love to hear that. And uh, let's move on now to Class 5A. Uh, Page Knoxville West, of course, the game that we were talking about there with Coach Charles Rathbone a few moments ago. And as I mentioned in one of my questions, I mean, Knoxville West, just a banner season coming together for them. 14-0. I think if you told them before the year that they would beat Alcoa, Maryville, and Powell all in the same season, I think they would take that in a in a heartbeat. I mean, that's that is not easy to do. That's two defending state champions and Alcoa and Powell and, and then Maryville. Um, obviously a team that I think anytime anybody gets to win over them, they're they're pretty thrilled about it. So I think the stars may have aligned for Knoxville West. And for that reason, I'm going to pick them by a touchdown 35 to 28. But I do think this has a chance to be a pretty good game. Yeah, I'm picking page 35-31. I haven't I haven't picked them much this year and they keep proving me wrong. So I'm just going to go with them. I I would probably view Knoxville West as the favorite for the reason you said, look at that schedule, the, the teams they've beaten. I mean, they beat Maryville as bad as Oakland beat them. Uh, I know different, different times of the year, different, you know, it doesn't always matter, but certainly something to look at. Um, But I I think Paige, I'm going to go a little deeper. I think uh, Colin Hurd's going to run in a late score to win this one for Paige. Oh boy. All right. We're going to hold you to that, Tyler. Colin Hurd, uh, he's been awesome all year. And like we said, a lot the, the performance he put on last week, I got to watch some of that game as well. I mean, the touch that he was putting on his throws, this isn't just some linebacker they've thrown back there because they didn't have anybody. Like he, he looks like a quarterback. He is he can make every throw. I was really impressed with, with that. And also when I saw him a few weeks before in the Green Hill game, um, his 
just everything about him as a quarterback seems pretty advanced for a guy that's new to the position still, uh, at least in varsity games. Lastly, we've got Class 6A to talk about here, Tyler. Oakland and Beach. How do you feel about this game? Yeah, I was really tempted to pick Beach, but I'm going Oakland 42-35. I think Beach will give itself an opportunity to win the run game. We've talked about it all season uh, a lot, you know, especially the second half of the year with J.P. Courtney and Darius Johnson um, being uh, having a path paved by a big offensive line, which I, is a spot I think Beach is going to have <clears throat> the edge in this game. But I, I think this kind of becomes a, a, a an offensive shootout that's about uh, – what what happens on that side of the ball, and I think Oakland's going to win out with its overall playmakers, uh, and those guys still haven't. They also have an effect on special teams, so I, I think that's how Oakland's going to get it done. But I think Beach is going to get it shot. So, uh, interestingly, in a note of candidness, or in a moment of candidness earlier on the press availability for this game, I was I asked a question basically to to both coaches, uh, Anthony Crabtree and Kevin Creasy, if there was anything about this matchup that they thought would lend itself to it being a good game, a close game. And uh, pretty much as soon as I finished the question, uh, Coach Crabtree jutted in and said no. <laughs> and I thought maybe at first he misunderstood me or because there was some background noise too on one of the on one of the, one of the phones that was on there. And uh, sure enough, he, he doubled down. He, he literally said he's not sure if he's got, got the horses to hang with Oakland, I think was the quote. Um, so I don't necessarily agree. I, you don't agree. Um, and it may just be a motivational tactic for the team. Uh, that's one way to maybe get your guys kind of fired up is kind of play that underdog role. But mm-hmm. um, all that said, I I can't pick against Oakland either. I mean, they've just been – they've completely reloaded. Uh, they've got a very different lineup from what they had last year, and they're still rolling through. And Eric Taylor, since he's come back from a spring uh, practice injury, has been awesome at running back and defense too. He, he really does everything. But uh, over 13 yards per carry in the coming out of the backfield is just incredible. So uh, I'm going to go Oakland 42, Beach 24. And with that, is going to wrap us up for to, uh, wrap us up for today. So uh, we appreciate everybody joining us. I want to remind everybody one more time that this podcast is sponsored by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. We are going to be in Chattanooga all weekend to cover the game. So be sure to stay tuned to MainStreetPreps.com and our social media channels for full coverage. And we will be back next week to talk about it all again here on Main Street Preps this week.